Welcome to the Robert Hunt Financial Market Update. It's your host, Robert Hunt. Where I take the week's financial news that can be confusing, misleading, and take you off course, and I make it actionable, understandable, and clear. We got a great one for you this week. For this week's episode, we're going to be looking at two Wall Street Journal articles, and we're going to be discussing a cash management strategy because it has been a frequent question from clients and friends alike related to certificates of deposit that are brokered. We're going to talk about what that is, how it works, and my own personal journey on the CD brokered market. So, uh, first Wall Street Journal article is going to be an article about day traders having to go back to their day jobs. Uh, the next Wall Street Journal article will deal with utility stocks stumbling as Treasury yields climb. I think this is an important uh, learning opportunity. And then we'll get into those brokered CDs. So let's start here at the top. Day Traders Go Back to Their Day Jobs by Peter Rudiger. Subheadline, as the stock market swoons, individual investors are placing fewer trades at Schwab, Morgan Stanley, and Robinhood. And it starts off, the pandemic day trading boom has gone bust. So what was that? What was the pandemic day trading boom? Well, my own analysis is that a lot of folks were stuck at home. Not a lot to do. And because of some of the governmental, monetary, and fiscal policy, they had money in their, their bank account. And... Asset prices are moving quickly. This is a fertile environment for the day trader because it's very exciting. Asset prices are moving up. And if you've got a couple thousand bucks in your account, you're good to go. So that was that pandemic day trading boom. The article continues, the average daily number of retail trades handled by Charles Schwab fell to 5.52 million in the third quarter, the lowest level since it acquired TD Ameritrade in late 2020. Morgan Stanley, retail traders placed an average of 805,000 trades a day in the third quarter. That was down 16% from a year earlier and the lowest level since they bought E-Trade in late 2020. And at Robinhood, the go-to trading app for young investors, July was the weakest month for average daily trading volume for stocks and options trading the company records. Going back to March 2021, Robinhood Chief Executive Vlad Teniv said at September Investor Conference that the company's customers care about different things this year compared with one or two years ago. Citing Google Trend searches as a good proxy, 2020 and 2021, people were really interested in investing in stocks. No, they were not, Mr. Teniv. What were they interested in? Speculating in stocks. So I see this regularly. We must take captive this thought. Whenever the CEO of a financial institution tries to convince us we're doing something helpful and we're not, we must stand up to it. So, Mr. Tenev, CEO of Robinhood, continues, there was widespread, widespread participation in the stock market. Now people are talking about gas prices and inflation. So Robinhood's been cutting costs, and they're going to cut 23% of its full-time staff with more layoffs to come as there's deterioration of the macro environment. 
So there, if we could have an interview with Mr. Tenev, I would, I would say, Mr. Tenev, there was no investing going on. There was speculating going on, which is how these folks make, make money. They want you move in, in and out, lots of action. So there was no investing. Investing would involve very limited transactions and long-term holds. What, it, what, was, what was created was a fever pitch in trading. And now the very, this is not included in this Wall Street Journal article, but the very sad reality is there are a lot of folks who have churned through a significant amount of money and are now just realizing they won't get it back. So the life cycle of a day trader typically involves this euphoria initially, hot money coming in, making quick money on Tesla or, or Bed Bath & Beyond or AMC or one of these meme stocks and all of a sudden a sense of invincibility. Wow, if I can, and I saw this in various social media avenues. Wow, if I can make this much money, it's way more than I could do anything else. I'll just keep hopping in and out, hopping in and out. They are speculating and making you know, money speculating. However, these environments do not last as we've seen. And as they keep moving in and out, eventually as the market moves down, especially in these kind of high momentum stocks, they lose money and they start losing and losing and losing and losing. But they really don't stop the trade until they kind of get busted up because there is that aversion to actually taking the loss, similar to someone at a casino who maybe they got up $10,000, but they only started with 2000 They always want to get back to that 2000 So even even as a, as a day trader, unfortunately, folks will ride it all the way down because they want to get back to that euphoric feeling of quick money. And riches gained quickly do not last. So my, my recommended reading, one of my Mount Rushmore books for anyone who is interested in making money quick is The Richest Man in Babylon. You may have heard me mention this. Uh, Google The Richest Man in Babylon. It's a classic. It's told as a bit of a fable, but it's a short book. I'd, it emphasizes the importance of slow building of wealth not trying to go quick. So that's what I would advocate for the, I tell these day traders, hey, okay, start over. Start over. That's what happens in the story of the richest man in Babylon. He has to start over because he did his own version of day trading in ancient times, not with Robin Hood, but with other, there's always been schemes like this, nothing new under the sun. All right, our next article is by Hannah Miao. It's titled, Utility Stocks Stumble as Treasury Yields Climb. One of Wall Street's go-to safety plays isn't shielding investors from market turmoil anymore. The article continues, Earlier this year, utility stocks were among the best-performing segments of the market. As investors turn to defensive sectors to weather the financial storm, utility stocks are typically thought of as more stable than overall equity markets as providers collect steady checks from customers even when the economy slows. At its 2022 high in mid-September, the S&P 500 utility sector was up more than 8% year-to-date. The trade has unraveled, the article continues. Over the past month, here we go, utility stocks have been the worst-performing sector of the S&P 500, down 13%, versus the broad market's 4% decline. All but two of the 28 stocks in the group have pulled back. Now, here's the truth serum. Here, here's why. The article explains a big draw of utility stocks has become less attractive as interest rates have climbed. 
Utility stocks are known for their sizable dividends, offering investors a regular stream of income. Companies in the S&P 500 utility sector offer a dividend yield of 3.2%, among the highest payout percentages in the index. But the outsized dividends of utility stocks are no match for climbing bond yields. The yield on the benchmark 10-year Treasury note finished above 4% on Monday. That's Monday of this week that you're listening to this for a second consecutive session. Friday marked the 10-year yields first close above the 4% level since 2008 and 11 straight weeks of gain. So this is the line that I want to camp on by a gentleman named Kevin Barry, who's Chief Investment Officer at Summit Financial. He says the 10-year, he's referring to this Treasury note, is repricing everything. I've got something that's even safer and yields even more. Okay. So this is, let the investor beware of what is happening right now and why it's happening. A lot of folks who maybe were positioned defensively and conservatively are watching asset values decline because investors can now simply buy a risk-free treasury note. 10-year or 2-year, and it's over 4%. And for plenty of investors, they look around and they say, well, especially if you're not burdened by any tax tax ramifications, if you were an endowment or had this in an, money in an individual retirement account, and you looked around and the investor looked around and said, you know what, I'll just take, take a risk-free 4%. It is repricing risk assets. Not for everybody. That's what's putting this, what this article is saying. I agree with. It is it is making the bogey different for investors. They're saying, "Well, goodness, if risk free is four percent, do I really need to try to pick up three point two percent with these utilities?" Nope. I'll just go with the treasury notes. And now, you've as you've heard me say, I don't like folks doing this unless they really are at a spot in their career, investment life, where um, they just don't need the money. It's a short-term cash play. We'll talk about that in my next uh, segment here on this podcast about ways to manage that. But I don't like the idea of trying to hop in and out of securities because you're engaging in market timing and you just don't know what the Fed's going to do. You'd rather own these risk assets than try and play the interest rate game and hop in and out. So but that's what's happening. So when you have existing fixed income assets that are going down and you've got higher yield investment assets that are conservative, like utilities that are going down, everybody is looking at these treasury notes and saying, okay, this is the benchmark. This is how I'm going to price my investment assets. And it's putting pressure on things. So don't, do not fret. Do not fret. If you own a broad market index, you're going to be just fine. You do not need to slice and dice sectors and roll in and out of utilities. You just own it and you hold it and you don't have to worry about it. And this is another advertisement for not rotate, trying sector bets. So I do not like rolling into industrials or utilities or tech or nope. I just like owning it all. So you don't have to make these sort of decisions. And then finally, I want to close with uh, what has been a client question, not just this week, but last week. 
and a new idea, a new wrinkle that I'm trying out for you, the listener. So what oftentimes is occurring is investors, clients, Robert Hunt Financial are saying, hey, I need money in nine months. I need this money that I'm going to invest in 12 months, whether for a house or a tax, income tax payment. What do I do? And we've discussed last week, well, there's a simple button, which is nothing. You just keep it in the bank and you get a bad interest rate. You move one level up, you go to, I like the Vanguard Money Market Fund at 2.8% or so as of this recording. Well, you can, that's, that's better than a lot of stuff. Well, there's another level up that I don't recall discussing that I'm trying for you, the listener, and that's using what are called brokered certificates of deposit. So if you're on the Vanguard brokerage platform, and I suspect you can do this at Schwab or Fidelity or TD, but there are certificates of deposit that just like you can at a bank, you just buy them through a brokerage. And wouldn't you know it, these brokered CDs, you're, you're able to buy the very best. So all these banks compete for Vanguard investors' money. And for it's a minimum $1,000 and per CD issue and a maximum $250,000. But you still get that FDIC insurance. And you get it on a per certificate of deposit basis. So it really makes it convenient. Oftentimes when we're thinking about holding money short-term, we have to a lot of people go to the newspaper, the internet, and which bank has the um, best rates, and then you got to open the account there, and then you just there's a little bit of hassle there. What I'm doing, and I haven't, I did it yesterday, so it has been less than 24 hours, but I just did a test, um, bought the minimum certificate of deposit for you, the listener, because we go above and beyond here at Robert and Financial. And I did a uh, six-month CD, which is right now about 4.05%. So they have, and the bank came up. I, I don't even recall if I had heard of it, but it's FDIC insured, so it really doesn't matter. Moreover, if you have a lot of money you're looking to park, you get $250,000 for each CD you buy. So you can actually park a ton of money in these various CDs with various durations, and the yields are great. So... As of a couple days ago, for the one to three month CD, it was 3.5%. Four to six months were 4.05%. Seven to nine months, 4.25%. Uh, 10 to 12 month CDs, 4.4. 13 to 18, 4.5. Then it goes all the way up to a two year CDs, 4.7%. So, <clears throat> and these are these are uh, CDs that are sellable, believe it or not. So, so Vanguard will make a market for you. So if you just, I'm gonna try it for you. So tune in next week to this fun journey I'm on. I'm going to try to sell it. Um, this is Vanguard says you can do it. I'm sure you can. It's just kind of fun to try it. And also, I like to be able to tell clients, hey, do this. I've done it. Um, but yes, you can sell these. Now, you're, you're subject to interest rate risk just like a bond. So if yields go up, your CD value is going to go down. Not a ton if it's a four-month CD or six-month CD, but it will go down. Now, if you hold it for the whole duration, that really doesn't matter. You're going to get your money back plus the interest. The but it's, an, it's just an interesting way to hold money short-term. And the discount, you might be wondering, the astute listener, well, what's the difference between the six-month treasury note and the six-month CD? As of yesterday, it was about a 0.30% difference, meaning you were getting more yield with that treasury note um, that you can buy on Vanguard as well. 
It's a little more complicated, but you can do that as well. And kind of the same, or not, not, not too different a game there where um, you can sell them. There's really no risk. There's, there's interest rate risk, but uh, I like this CD strategy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just try it here for us, see how it goes, see how easy it is. I don't know if it's easy yet. So I, I, again, I placed the trade yesterday. I haven't seen it come up in my account, but I'm going to run this experiment for you. You're welcome to go check it out. Uh, seems great. I've never done it. And in these higher rate environments, ideas like this tend to matter because if you're getting 0% of your bank, you don't want to go hopping around a bunch of different banks and you don't want to mess with opening up new accounts. You've already got a brokerage account. I think this makes some sense. Uh, I think the easy button is still just keep it at the Vanguard Money Market Fund. You're getting 2.8% and call it a day. But if you want to play the game and this requires a little bit of focus, it means you're going to need to set a calendar reminder on your iPhone that, hey, six months from now, I got to reinvest this or I got to and now what's nice about Vanguard is they default you into the money market fund. So kind of a tough to really lose there. Um, but tune in next week. I'll let you know how my journey goes. Check it out yourself. See if your broker offers these brokered CDs. Seems like it could be an easier way to grab a little short-term yield, make it easy for you. So thanks for listening in this week. We appreciate it. We, the royal we. As always, keep those costs low, keep those expenses really low, keep that time horizon long, keep that investing simple. That's what's going to be the key to your investing success. Look forward to having you tune in next time. 